us be attentive. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, grace was given unto us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to man. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he did also descend into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is he who also ascended above all things to heaven, that he might fill all things. And his gifts were read, some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature manhood, to the measure of the
wonderful homily from Deacon Innocence in a moment. I just wanted to introduce, if your ears noticed already, the new liturgy book. Uh, feel free to grab one from the narthex to follow along in the service. Also, from now on, if you'd like, you can just use the card that's also there to have the, the communion prayers. I was going to make this announcement at the beginning of the liturgy, but then I thought, there are a lot of people I'm not going to catch if I make an announcement at the beginning of liturgy. It's an incrimination, my brothers and sisters. I encourage you very strongly, please don't take it lightheartedly, that we come to the liturgy late in a chronic way. There are good reasons. Please look inside yourself and see if there is truly a good reason or if it's simply that this has become a habit. Thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Well, this has been a very rich liturgical week. The beginning especially, where we ended our celebration of the Feast of and immediately entered in to the great Feast of Theophany, where Christ and the Holy Trinity is revealed to us. And in that time, we got to celebrate the feast day of St. John the Baptist. And we focused for a time this week, and much of the readings this week were focused on the ministry of St. John the Baptist and his transition to handing it off, so to speak, to Christ. Because there was a time when John was baptizing those for the forgiveness of sins in the River Jordan. And Jesus was also baptizing in the River Jordan. And some of the disciples of John were like, wait a minute, what's this new guy doing? And John points out the wonderful phrase that we should all embrace. He must increase and I must decrease. And sometime after this, we hear today's gospel. Today's gospel is that Jesus hears that John has been arrested and he withdraws into the region of Galilee. And he was not a stranger to that region because that's where he was raised by his mother and stepfather. And he begins there in Galilee, his public while he was baptizing, we don't have any sense of what he was doing or saying or teaching. And perhaps it was his disciples who were doing the baptizing. But he comes to us and says the very first thing that we have recorded when he starts his ministry is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes, my brothers and sisters, the season of repentance is upon us. Now, when you hear that, you're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. We just finished Nativity. The season of repentance, no, that's, that's Great Lent. That's coming up later. We've got a little break time, right? But Jesus announces from the very first moments of his ministry that now is the time for repentance. Now, we hear that word repentance, and some of us. We might say, ah, we might feel some guilt or shame, or we go, ah, that's work. 
I've offered to you before that the spiritual life is um, like uh, a person working in a garden. And if we were to say, what's the part that repentance is, we'd all go, oh, that's the pulling of the weeds. But I think if we have that response to the word repentance, we really need to change the way we view that word. Because when we read the Fathers, and the way they use that word, it must be meaning something more deep and rich and full than just stop doing bad stuff. Pull the weeds. Destroy your passions. Jesus began his ministry not by saying, stop doing bad stuff, everybody. But he did say, so what exactly do we mean by this word? Well, word for repentance. And it's funny, repentance kind of sounds like we're going to go do something again. Re. We're going to re. We're going to pent again. But, but the word in Greek that, is, that, we, that he uses is metania. And the two parts of that word, meta, are to change. And the second part, I don't know how you would say that separately, is your heart or your soul or your, or your noose, that word, the very center of your being. And so the word in Greek is much, much deeper. Matanya, to have a change of your heart. Christ didn't come saying, repent, stop doing bad stuff. He said, metano, which is, I think, the verb form of that word. I'm not a Greek scholar, nor a Greek pronouncer. But he says, have a change in your heart. Change. Now, if we read the Fathers, we get lots of synonyms for this. Repentance is a reorientation of our attention. It is a transformation of our outlook. It's a new way of looking at the world. A continual enactment of freedom. A continuous re-entry into communion with God and our brothers. Elder Thaddeus, I think is popular in our bookstore, has... um, said, repentance is the renewal of life. Repentance is the Christian life. It is both a gate into life and it is the path of our lives. Somewhere in the gospel or in the liturgy, one of the priestly prayers, and I couldn't find it yet this morning, it says that God has established repentance for Now, I came across a quote of St. Paisios, and forgive me lest you think that I'm spending hours poring over the fathers as like a good student. I actually um, discovered this on Instagram. <laughs> Thank God. St. Paisios says, Ask for, your rep- for repentance in your prayer and nothing else. Ask for repentance in your prayer and nothing else. Nothing but repentance. Not divine lights or miracles or prophecies or spiritual gifts or peace or any other requests. Nothing but repentance. And repentance will bring you humility and humility will bring you the grace of God. And 
God in His grace everything you need for salvation or anything that you need to help another soul. So repentance, this turning, this reorientation, this, uh, this change of heart and mind brings us humility, and humility brings us grace, and the grace of God is everything. Now, how do we do this then? Well, he doesn't say that we just go and do repentance. He says we ask for repentance. Repentance itself is a gift from God. We can't even make the first step of repentance. But this is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's something we cannot do without Him initiating this. He calls us to this. Repentance is something that God accomplishes us in us as we take that first step. Our repentance needs to remind us that we have I won't say zero but we have almost yes, zero. We have zero ability to save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. Our salvation is entirely the work of the grace of God in us. And yet, it cannot happen without all of us. All of us and all of God, it takes salvation. All of us and all of God. Our commander Zechariah says that the portion that we offer to God is infinitesimally small. And the portion that God offers to us is infinitely large. And yet it takes both of these for the work of salvation in us. Now we read in that little quote that I just said, that repentance leads to humility and humility leads to grace. And yet, we also read in the Fathers that we can't even begin to repent without a sense of humility. So we have this interesting dynamic and interplay between the, the position of our heart, that repentance, that turning of ourselves to Christ, and also this need for humility. And it seems the things that we must offer to God are the things that we have been given by Him. Give me to all the men who were at the um, talk yesterday morning. I'm, I, I can't not read the passage that I read yesterday to them. I'll try to read it a little bit louder. Um, this is the book, The Hidden Heart of Man. Let us be humble. Let us have the certainty of our nothingness before God knowing that the only thing that makes us truly human is the breath that our God and Creator has breathed into us. In every other respect, we are earth, and the earth is trodden underfoot. Now in this age of self-esteem that we live, many of us will bristle to hear that we are nothing. But this is not a sense of nothingness in compared to one another. In fact, we know 
that we are a precious gift of God to the world. That He made us unique for His purposes. And that we are precious to God. And yet, from our own perspective, we are nothing. What makes us truly precious, he goes on, is the breath of God. Received by us at the time of our creation and at our recreation in holy baptism. This breath is what makes us the image and likeness of God. Let us have in mind this humble thought of our nothingness. And let us refrain from being full of ourselves. That is, from filling ourselves with vanity. And then there will be space in us for God. This sense of our own nothingness produces the right conditions for us to remain in the presence of God. The more we become empty of ourselves, that is, the more we humble ourselves before God. And the more He fills our heart with divine grace. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, we can do nothing to save our souls. Our first thing is to repent. And to repent for us, the only thing that we can do, and it is a huge thing, is we offer our lives to God. We turn, not once, not twice, but continually turn to Him and offer Him the center of our lives. Our chief problem, however, is that there's somebody already there in the center of our lives. And it's us. It is our pride that says that we are the masters of our universe. We're the, we're the ones who run the show here. And we have to have a sense of our own nothingness. We have to make space for God. We have to offer Him the soil of our hearts. And if we offer Him that little space, then He, by His grace, will convince us how nothing we are and how we can yield that space to Him and that His life and His grace in us will work wonders of healing. So my brothers and sisters, let us embrace this word repentance not as... as as the negative aspect of our Christian life, but as the fullness, but as the continuous, because what we offer God is our nothingness and an empty space that is available to Him for Him to work out our salvation. May we embrace repentance in this season and in all seasons. Amen.